Okay, John Cole. Part three of Jesus in the Scriptures. Hallelujah. Jesus in the Scriptures. You know, there's a lot of people who have a, their opinions about Jesus, and a lot of them are not based on the Scriptures. They form their own view and their own opinion. In Romans 3, 1, he says, What advantage then has the Jew, or what is the profit of circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. For what if someone did not believe? What if they didn't believe these oracles, these scriptures that God has said that the Jews have got, that he's given them? Does it make the word of God of none effect? Does it mean it's not true? Certainly not indeed. Let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. And we're living in an age where you're going to get a lot of people's view and opinions. And we've been hearing that we've got to adopt the right view and opinion. It's not my, John Cole's view and opinion or anyone else's. But it's God's view and opinion. And that's one meaning, what glory means. It means God's view and opinion, God's reality, God's take of what truth is. And that is what we have in the scriptures. That's what we've got in the scriptures. See, we will never get old, to, we will never get old of God's truth as long as we hold on to our view and opinion. And not and are not willing to let it go when we hear the truth coming from the scriptures, from God's word. We will never... Some people will not allow the scriptures to get in way, in the way of their life. They will live their life even if the scriptures says something different. And it's sad, but that's the truth. So we must always look to God's word and see what is the truth what is the plumb line? What's the foundation that we're going to build our lives upon? And that's the truth that sets us free. That's the reality. Remember Jesus says in Matthew 16, 13 to 16, but who do you say I am? What's your view? What's your opinion? What's your view? What's your opinion? Who do you say I am? That is a life and death issue. That word there, when Jesus says it, imagine him saying it there, the Messiah, which we heard read, that this was God in the flesh, saying, who do you think I am? Some say a prophet, some say Jeremiah. But who do you say? Not what some say, not what their view and opinion, but let's hone it in on you tonight. What do you, who do you say I am? And like Peter, he come to the conclusion because he knew from the scriptures that this was the Christ, this was the Messiah. Jesus was the Messiah, he was revealed. What did the scriptures reveal about Jesus? How did the apostles get the revelation of Jesus? Where do you think they got this information from? Did they carry around a New Testament Bible? Did they carry a New Testament? And some people think they did. Some people think they had the New Testament Bible. But no. 
they went and referred everything, like it says the oracles were given to the Jews. The scriptures, the Old Testament. See, the Old Testament is still valid. And there come a time when people were abandoning, and even today someone read the Old Testament, because they say, oh, it's the New Testament now. And it is the New Testament. But what has been obsolete is the Old Covenant. We've got a new covenant, but the Old Testament is still valid. And we still look to the Old Testament, even more so now we're living in a new covenant with the New Testament. It's powerful. There's so much truth that we deny ourselves if we just read the New Testament and not see that these are really speaking from the new, from, from the old, sorry. So much truth we're missing out on. See, the apostles' doctrines are the fa- fundament, uh, foundation of the scriptures to all the new covenant truth. They're the foundation that what we get in the new epistles, the new letters, the new testament, it was from the old. Always from the old, they pointed back because this was really the plumb line of how we're going to know the truth of who the Messiah is, who Jesus is. John 7, 37 to 38. Do you remember when Sid spoke on that last week? He was talking about living waters coming out of your inner being. We know he was talking about the Holy Spirit. But he says this was according to what? According to your opinion, your view. No, according to the scriptures. This is according to the scriptures that this will be fulfilled. Jesus spoke according to the scriptures. He fulfilled the scriptures. He was always having it, his chief aim, to fulfill what was written about him. Sid was speaking about on the road to Emmaus. And he was saying, and we open their minds to the scriptures concerning Moses, the Psalms and the prophets that were speaking of him. Jesus was always speaking concerning these scriptures. Jesus in the scriptures. Jesus in the old, Jesus in the new. Jesus the fulfilment of what we've got. This glorious book that is at at our disposal, which some don't give a time and attention to. So valuable. Praise God. So when the apostles or leaders of the church taught the word of God, they taught from the Old Testament, it's imperative that we see and understand Jesus from the whole Bible. Not just part, because you can get a, a skewed vision of it. So it's imperative that you understand that an understanding of the Old Testament, you see Jesus in the feast, the Passover, the feast of Tabernacle, and the other feasts. We see him in there. And these festivals that were there in the Old Testament. God put these in place Because Jesus was the fulfilment of Old Testament truth. 
God put them in place. God put them in place. They're not the Jews' feasts. They're feasts of God. They're God's feasts. They're not the Jews. It's God's feasts. But people have got a problem with it's the Jews. Till it come to a point where in the dark ages that the Roman church which was introducing doctrines which were pagan and Jews were coming to accept Jesus as the Messiah but then it got to the stage where they didn't want to know the Jews because they were blaming the Jews for the crucifixion they were blaming the Jews and saying oh You've got to accept this and accept that. And one of the things they accept was changing the Sabbath. They wanted to change the Sabbath. Constantine became a Christian. And some of the things that Constantine was teaching was Hellenistic. It was Greek. And it was Latinized. It was Roman. And there were... The Jewish festivals and feasts, this says, get rid of all that. We don't want it. That's going. We don't want it. Even to the point on Easter where they changed the Sabbath, that, and they changed certain things to where really on a certain day they were worshipping a sun god. And it wasn't the God that we serve. Praise. Adonai, who is like him, the lion and the lamb seated on the throne. Jesus was fulfilling the things according to the scriptures. And yet, the devil, Sotheby, come in and he knew that if he could pervert the truth and bring a time of darkness, it loses its power. Even Jesus says, you make the word of God of none effect. When you bring in your traditions, your culture, there's no power. And I believe that's why some of the churches, there's, where there's only one church, but the church is weak today because it's abandoned a lot of things and introduced a lot of things which are Greek and Roman and have been influenced by outside things rather than the scriptures which God has established us. We've got to get back to that. We've got to set a clarity and have a mindset that what is the truth that's going to set me free? Who is the Jesus of the Bible? Because people have got a lot, a lot of ideas of who Jesus is, even to the point where the Pope was laying himself up as deity, that his word was infallible, that people paid homage, and are still doing it today, to the Pope over the scriptures. There's a danger in there. And this is what's up, what, what happens when we lose sight of the scriptures. The devil knows it. And that's one of the things he'd done in the dark ages in order to bring the people of God to a place of none effect. That's not bad news though, because we're looking at the truth. We got the truth. We're just going on a journey to see how we got in this mess. That you got certain things happening, even 
in the church today where there's some false doctrines going on that are not according to the scriptures. They've come in. They've come in the back door. But praise God, we've got the word. Amen. we got the word. And thank God that what you've got before you is God's word. It's authentic. It's infallible. It's anointed. And it will bring transformation to your life if you give it that time and, and, and attention. So the apostles were speaking according to the scriptures. John 1, 19 to 22. See, what we don't realise, between Malachi and Matthew, there's a blank page. <laughs> and that blank page is there for a reason. You know why it's there? God, the last prophet to speak was Malachi. If you're Italian, you call him Malachi. But <laughs> the last prophet to speak was Malachi. And there was 400 years that the Jews, God's people, haven't heard a peep out of God. Silent for 400 years. Imagine that. You're hearing this. You're hearing the prophet speak. Thus says the Lord. And the last thing that was said before we go back to that scripture that I said earlier. We go to Micah. No, Malachi for. Chapter 4, 5 and 6 And in Malachi Chapter 4, 5 and 6 It says, I will send you Elijah I will send you Elijah And he will And he will set the hearts Of the people back to the fathers I will send you Elijah in Deuteronomy 18:15, this is Moses, God speaks. He says that the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from the midst, from among you, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. So imagine, just imagine this. 400 years, God, God, God hasn't spoken. And now, he says, I'm going to send you Elijah. But before, but, but they knew that when Elijah comes, the Messiah cannot come until Elijah comes first. The, the, this is a prophecy according to the scriptures. That's why, when we go back to what we're going to read now, that they were asking John the Baptist, now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed. That sounds good, don't it? I am not the Christ. And they asked him, Then what are you? Who are you, Elijah? He says, I'm not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they says, 
Who are you then? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? You see, the Jews were waiting, according to the scriptures, of what we've just read in Malachi, about Elijah's going to come. That's why it says, are you Elijah? And notice, John, what John says, he says, I'm not Elijah. He says, are you? He didn't say a prophet. Notice, they says, are you the prophet? Who's the prophet? The prophet is Moses. Deuteronomy says, I'm going to send you a prophet like Moses from among you. Moses was an Old Testament prophet who was an Old Testament mediator. The New Testament one is going to be Jesus. He's the New Testament mediator between God and man. And what did John say? No, I'm not the prophet. Then who are you? And listen to what he says in Isaiah 40, 3 to 4. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked place shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. John 1, 23. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah says. According, so he was quoting from Isaiah 40. According to the scriptures, he wasn't doing his own thing. And they knew, and they were looking, they were expecting, the Jews were meticulous in reading that scripture and they seen someone like Elijah baptising coming from the wilderness and saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is near 400 years has been broken right now and John the Baptist is on the scene saying repent and everyone's gathering around the same people coming to John the Baptist and you've got notice it says the Levites and the priests came. The Levites, keep that in mind, Levites. The Levites came and the priests came to, and they come to John and they, they wanted to know who it was that we can go back and tell because they was expecting the Messiah. They knew the Messiah was coming but they knew Elijah had to come first and if this is Elijah, the Messiah's on the way. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is good stuff. Are we in exciting times? When we spoke to the kids, have you got the truth? They says yes. We haven't got the truth because it sounds good or we don't believe this to make it right. This is right and it makes us right. The word of God is right and it makes us right. This is no man's idea. This is no devil philosophy. This is birthed in the heart and the mind of God and he's showing you in the Old Testament in types and images and pictures, look. Yeah. Of, and, and as the prophet spoke, they were giving you a picture. Just a little picture. Then another picture that's going to make a full picture. That when you see the picture of who this person resents 
uh, represents the Messiah you're recognising. And that's what was going on here. Who are you? And he says, I'm not Elijah. I'm not the prophet. I'm a voice speaking in the wilderness. And yet John says, Jesus says, if you can bear it, John is Elijah. John is Elijah, if you can bear it. He wasn't lying. John the Baptist, when he says, I'm not Elijah, he wasn't Elijah as a person. But the spirit of Elijah that in Malachi says will come was on John the Baptist. This is good stuff. This is good stuff because it tells us we're on the right road. It tells us that we've got the right faith. It tells us that we serve the true God. It tells us that there's something good about to happen in our lives. And as we read this, we're not here groping in the dark. God has given us the scriptures to show us the light and the way forward. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's so much in God's word that we find encouragement. We find, as we look at the scriptures, how authentic this book is, how infallible God's word is. Because if you get Jesus wrong and you get him from your view and opinion, and there's many books being written and they say Jesus is just a prophet, Jesus is just a good man. But yet, what I've just shared with you are two scriptures that are powerful that says this isn't no prophet. This isn't just a good man. This is a Mashiach. Yeshua. Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. See, God had spoken to John and told him to baptise people and to wait for a sign that God was going to show him. God had spoken to John personally and says, I'm going to give you a sign. John 1, 29, 31, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I says, After me will come a man who is preferred before me. For he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I am baptised with water. See, God had spoken to John personally. And he says, I'm going to give you a picture. You know, when you go on a rendezvous, you don't know the person. He says, I'm wearing a red, in the button, in my button hole, I'm wearing a red flower or something. That's a sign, you know. So you're looking, you're looking for a particular person, not any person. And this is what God says, this yeah. one, this is a sign. You're looking for this. And what's the sign? As we know, it was the Spirit coming like a dove. Like a dove. The Spirit coming like a dove. John's seen him and he says, I didn't know it was him. But now I do because I've seen the sign. According to God's word, according to the scriptures, put the dots together. This was Adino. This is him. He's here. This is him. He is here in the flesh. The one we're waiting for. 
The one we've waited for from Genesis 3.16 when he says the one's going to come, the seed of the woman's going to come and he's going to bruise the serpent's head. He's going to crush the serpent's head but he'll get bruised in the process. This is him that all the prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, they was all speaking about. Isaiah 53 is going to be wounded. He's going to turn the hearts of the fathers back. This is him. He's there. John was encouraging the people to be baptised and to make a straight way for the Lord. Get baptised. He's ready. The kingdom of heaven has arrived. It's near. It's here. And now the kingdom in the flesh was there. Personified. In the flesh. Standing before Jehu. He was there. JC was here. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God he's here. <laughs> and in John 1, 32, 34, and John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he, re- and he remained upon him. God is meticulous in, his, in fulfilling his word. He says, I will watch over my word and I will perform it. It says the weapon will be formed but it will not prosper. God is confident when he speaks and he says he's given us his word. So don't be fearful of anything that seems to contradict his word. But just like John, he waited for the sign because he knew God is faithful to his word. Let God be true and everyone a liar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So he's seen the dove coming upon Jesus and he was baptising and then he testified that this is the Son of God he testified you know what God wants from you he wants your tongue to testify because through a testimony your, the testimony according to the scriptures that is you'll get the reality of the kingdom inside. The truth. When we don't testify, it's like we don't believe. It's like it's not the truth. But John wasn't compromising. He says it loud. He says it clear. And he says it in front of the Levites and the priests and the Pharisees, those who were recognised in that day. So why was John chosen? Because it says, before the Messiah comes, Elijah. So the spirit of Elijah was on John. But why was John chosen? See, John was making ready the Messiah to come, to usher in the fulfilment of ages. Jesus, the fulfilment of the Passover, one of the feasts that they try to get rid of, Jesus was the fulfilment of that Passover, the atonement embodied in human form. Think of all them times when they slayed this innocent lamb and they brought this lamb up and the kids would play with that lamb and get used to that lamb and cuddle him and rub him and love him and then suddenly dad kills this lamb. Think of the heartbreak that child felt then. This is like... Exactly, this is the lamb. This is the lamb that we get affectionate with. This is the lamb of a true nature of loving and kindness who's going to lay down his life. 
But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Jesus was, the fulfill- Jesus was the fulfillment of the Passover, the atonement embodied in human form. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world was standing in their midst full of grace. Full of grace and truth. Amen. See, John was from the lineage of the priesthood of Aaron. Remember it says that the scribes and the Levites came to get an answer from John the Baptist that they may go back and tell. The Levites were those who John was connected with. The Levites were looking at John. Now John's dad, his father, was Zachariah. His mother was Elizabeth. And it was a time when Zachariah was in the temple and it was his time as the high priest to go, beyond, to go beyond the veil. It was his time. Now what, is, what's, what the normal procedure is, being in the lineage of the priesthood, which was the Levites, of which Zachariah was in, uh, from, from that lineage, and John was also from that lineage, John should have been the priest in line. Can you see where I'm going? John should have been the priest after his father. And John was the priest after his father. But instead of going into the temple, he went into the wilderness. And then he come out of the wilderness and then he was baptising. So John was in that lineage. The, priest was a, the, the priesthood was the line of priests qualified to select the Passover lamb. Can you see where we're going? They was in that line to select the Passover lamb before they went into the temple. They'd select the lamb, they'd examine it, and then they'd go beyond the veil. They'd slay the lamb and so forth and so forth. It's accepted. Wow, everything's great. It's not accepted. It's not great. (laughs) But what was going on here? So John's father, Zachariah, was a current priest, and John was next in line. He had to be a spotless lamb, a lamb without spot, and no blemish. Now these lambs were bred in Bethlehem as well. God is meticulous. Right down to the last letter. Remember Jesus says, not one dot or tittle will pass away until someone's fulfilled. God's, he's like his dad. <laughs> he's like his dad. And God, you can see how he's working through this. I got excited when I was looking through this. Thing. Wow, you've got to stop. You've got to stop and take it in what we've received here. The lamb had to be inspected by the high priest. And John, and John did this in his preparation to baptise Jesus. And John knew exactly what was taking place when Jesus came up out of the water. Are you connecting them dots? The Old Testament priest examines the lamb. If the lamb is without spot, without blemish, it gets sacrificed. It's accepted before God. John, as the priest, 
which is the last praise of the Old Testament, is examining the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, Yeshua. He's looked at him, he's examined him, and he says, he's without spot, he's without blemish, he's qualified. He is qualified. He didn't just, this isn't Johnny, this isn't the new kid on the block. Johnny come lately, he's here today and gone tomorrow. Who are you? No qualification. He's got a passport and his credentials following. Everything he's speaking, but you're going to hear more about that. Amen? You're going to hear more about that. Matthew 3, 14 to 15. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptised by you. I need to be baptised by you, John was saying, because he knew who this guy was. Not guy, this is... Well, he was a man. He knew who this man was, but this was the Son of God. This was the qualified one. This was the one that we says name above all names. This is him. He's here. John tried to deter him. I need to be baptised by you and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and says to him, Permit it to be so now, because it is fitting so that righteousness might be fulfilled. So I've got some black country talk up here. You know, some different... <laughs> I'm trying to get it. <laughs> Praise God, hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise God. See, Jesus was not being baptised because he had sin. No, no, no. That weren't the problem. So what was happening here? Something greater was happening here. This was where Jesus was establishing his authority to preach and to teach the word of God to the religious community. This is where he was being, if you want, ordained anointed to be appointed to do ministry because you've got to be appointed you've got to have some recognition and John was doing it here Matthew 3.16 and when he had been baptised Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning upon him See, one, John would see the sign that Jesus was the Messiah, the true Lamb of God. And two, this was a type of ordination for Jesus to become a rabbi, a rabbani, a teacher. Do we see Jesus as a teacher walking around, a rabbi? Or do we see him as a long-haired hippie just doing his own thing? Because it's important, because I think the world sees Jesus as a hippie. He's just doing his own thing, he's come on the scene now. We're seeing that there's something strategic here. God is a God of purpose. He don't do things off a cuff, off a wing. He is a God who honours something and he respects us enough. And he comes on our level to give us understanding that I want them to understand what's going on here. I want them to understand signs and pictures and John was the last of the Old Testament priests in order to bring in something to the new. 
That's incredible. Drink it in, soak it in, and give me a hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's good, isn't it? Because we are hoodwinked here. We ain't being ripped off and thinking, oh, them religions haven't got the right one. You know, because some people do. One minute they're this, the next minute they're that. Oh, I forgot that now. I'm going down there. I'm a JW now. Or I'm a Muslim now. I used to be a Christian, but I'm this. You know, no, no, no. No, 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 no. When you know the truth, the truth sets you free. And when you're hearing good stuff like this, you're saying, hang on, there's qualifications there. There's facts there. This ain't no theory or, you know, this is the truth. Praise God. In order for a person to become a rabbi or a teacher, they would have to be trained up under an accepted rabbi, trained up under a recognised teacher of that time, that people say. That's why they was all gathering. Who are you? See, they were looking, they wanted to see, is he offensive? What's going on there? They weren't just causing trouble. They were genuine. They would have to be trained up under an accepted rabbi, rabbi and come up with an understanding who would have an understanding of the scriptures. So this rabbi would be really under another rabbi. And once you become a rabbi, you grasp or you have an understanding of the scriptures and you've got the right to interpret them, to speak them. And this is what Jesus was doing. Remember when he was 12 and he went into the temple and he was doing this and I was amazed. Where did he get this knowledge from? I didn't see him at that, you know, that, college, uh, that Bible college the other day. You know, he was, where did you get it from? So they would come up with the scriptures and define how that scripture would look like in a real life situation or in its practical application. So add the scriptures, we apply them in real life, in day to day. So this is what the rabbi done. And what that rabbi spoke about and what he says, people would know the disciples who belonged to that rabbi. Because those who sought to become teachers of the law or rabbis attached themselves to a recognised expert or teacher of the law who was interpreting the word of God. And then they become rabbis, and then they have disciples, and they do the same. And this is what, 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 what goes on. But what was unusual with Jesus, or unique, the, ra- the, the disciples went to the rabbi. They were going and said, look, I want to be your disciple. Do you remember, Jesus didn't have them come to him. He went to them. He picked these disciples. Just keep that in mind. This is amazing. This isn't something that you're just going to think, oh, that's great knowledge. This is great. This is truth. This is so sharp. The reality of the truth will really set you alight once you grasp it. So what the Old Covenant did not do, so what the Old Covenant did not do It didn't leave it to the own individual, you know, to have a heart discernment, to understand the scriptures enough and to be able to speak the word of God. 
which was one of the weaknesses of the old covenant, because they were not filled with the Holy Spirit. So they would have a rabbi telling them. Do you remember the scripture says in Jeremiah that when he gives us a new heart, you will not have anyone to say, do this, do that, do that. You'll know because my spirit will be with you. This is what he's saying. But up until that point, the old covenant would tell you what to do. It was telling you what to do. And these teachers, rabbis, would learn from another rabbi and then they dead have disciples and then the disciples would learn from them. How long have we got left? One minute. So when the rabbi was ordained or recognised and determined by what was an acceptable interpretation of the commandments, so what they're doing, they're saying, oh yeah, he's got a good interpretation of the commandments. People are recognising, this is what I'm saying now. They will go around and preach and teach their interpretation. Scriptures. And this, they would teach their interpretation of the scriptures. And this was called their yoke. This is their yoke. Jesus had his own interpretation and application of the scriptures. And they have not gone away because Jesus' teachings were, were never there to be changed or to change truth. They were to fulfill it. To fulfill truth. Sorry. Glad no one's in the front row there. <laughs> so they were there to fulfill truth. To show us what the truth was always meant to look like. Praise God. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, and I'm going to finish on this. It says, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke, my teachings that I speak is easy. And my burden, the, the things I ask you to do, are light once you receive these teachings. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Father, that we... We've had truth enter into our hearts. Not because we've worked it out, but because, Father God, you've done the work before us by sending us your word. Speaking in the garden to the devil himself and telling him that there's going to be a seed of the woman who's going to come and crush his head. And speaking to Abraham Telling him that through him, through his seed, that many are going to be blessed, many nations. Speaking to Isaiah and Micah and Ezekiel and Malachi of all the things that are pointing to Jesus, who is the fulfillment of all scripture, who is God in the flesh, who tabernacle with us in order to bring us to a place of liberty and freedom, bringing us out of darkness and confusion in our own opinions, which are worth nothing. But yet we have abandoned our way of thinking in order to receive the ultimate 
which is eternal life. To know you, Father, and to know Jesus of whom you have sent, this is eternal life. Thank you that we're born again. Thank you, Lord, that it's not by chance. Thank you, Lord, that you have purposely chosen us. And what we've heard tonight, I pray, will be something that will enhance our faith, will encourage us, will cause a boldness and a clarity of understanding as we read your word, the Father God, that there are those out there who need to hear the good news of the Messiah. Father, we give you praise. We give you the honour. For you truly are amazing and remarkable in the mighty name of Jesus the Messiah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.